basically what happened was like at 6 30 in the morning i got one of those you know those like alerts where your phone is like blaring and it's super startling it's like wait like the there's like a flood or there's a tornado you get those things in the states but Mm -hmm. i got one in korea this morning at 6 30 the alert said today a warning was issued in seoul area citizens please prepare to evacuate and allow children and the elderly to evacuate first and then did it say what the emergency was no <laughs> and then didn't even I, give a there reason was, there was also like blaring sirens outside too oh there I was, was. Like, this can't be real and then i just went back to sleep or i tried to go back to sleep but i was like kind of like panicking a little bit and i was waiting for someone to like knock on my door or like my airbnb host to message me but i didn't get any of that and then 10 minutes later they're like just kidding this is a mistake <laughs> oh my god <sighs> But doesn't yeah. it like also That's kind of so worry scary. you that it was a mistake and it's like they have it lined up and ready to go, which yeah. like I guess that makes sense, but it's like were they are they like getting ready gonna for use something? it? <laughs> like are they gonna use it are real we going soon? To war? I feel like it would have been better if they said like that was a test of the system or something <laughs> oh, instead yeah. of like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, do you think do you think that's what it is in the states? Like you know how they say they give you that blowing warning and then it says like this is a test of like uh-huh, the whatever uh-huh. system and it's like mm-hmm. actually just someone fucked up. Fucking up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone's getting fired today in Korea. Oh <laughs> for my sure. gosh. What are we eating and drinking today? I saw this and doesn't it look so pretty and beautiful? It's hard seltzer, so I don't know if it's going to taste like ass or not, but um, it says it's supposed to taste like rainbow sherbet, so Ooh. we'll see. I'll, I'll make a face if not. And then I'm also having, what is this? Like the little, oh, a little snap peanut. Snap pea, snap yeah. pea crackers. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I'm having. Mm, what great ASMR? Are you Look at that green Christina? shade. Um, I'm digging minus. The green. Yeah, that's a very Christine green. I'm having some leftover macaroni salad from yesterday's weekend barbecue. It's just like you know Whole Foods packaged mac salad, and then I have I found the cutest little beer in my dad's like bar slash fridge. Look at this beer. It's a little Sapporo. That's four and a half ounces. And it's like it's like a like a third of the size of my face here. It's so it's cute. So cute. <laughs> it's so cute. And that's actually the perfect amount too, because like yeah. you can still drink it and it's cold still till the yes. end. Nice. But I did bring a second one here just in case. So I've got to- <laughs> nice. Very yeah. good. Very good. Yeah. All right. All right. I went to the convenience store yesterday. And I don't know if you guys know what kimbugak is, but it's basically seaweed mm. that has this like crispy layer of, I don't know, like this paste that it's fried with. And this one is flavored and it's sweet corn. So I'll do a Yum. little ASMR. Yes. Yes. It's good. Love it. It's like Love it. crispy corn, seaweed, and then to drink. I was inspired by the last episode, so I got myself a little makkali. Well, I think I missed it. (laughs) (laughs) So today on the podcast, we're talking about attachment styles and attachment theory. It's something that I don't know if it's just because, you know, in recent 
years, we've been more into therapy, but it's something that I feel like is coming up in conversation a lot more. The three of us actually aren't like super well-versed in it, but we did a little bit of research. We took some quizzes to get a sense of what we all are in our attachment styles. So yeah, we're going to be digging into that a bit today. And in Samcha fashion, we're going to do it in three rounds, get deeper each round, eat and drink throughout. It's going to be a great time. So with that, let's cheers into Ircha. So let's just start by talking about what attachment theory is, Mm -hmm. um, just so that um, just so that everyone can get on the same page, and then we can also talk about just like what the different types Mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll kind of read off of this. I think it was like some psychology like paper or something. And it's just a little excerpt from it. But it talks about attachment theory dates back to the 1950s, which I kind of feel like that's like, that's like yesterday. It doesn't seem like that long ago. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Christine is like, what are you living in? Um, And it's um, it's basically talks about our early relationships, like with our parents or like who we would call our caregivers at the time and how they kind of shape the way that we perceive and the way that we act in relationships now. And that could actually be like romantic relationships, but also I think platonic relationships as well. So... Um, it's really directly related to us as kids, uh, us as infants and children, and our like dependency on our parents, um, or again, primary caregivers at the time. Um, I think like generally, we understand that we need caregivers for survival. Um, and there's no real other option to like attach to them so that they can take good care of us. I do want to mention that I think like parents and caregivers do the best that they can at the time that they can, right? They, they parent to the best of their ability to like satisfy all of our needs and provide us with like the best environment. But parents and caregivers are human too. And so um, sometimes the way in which um, they were nurturing or the lack thereof kind of affects the way that we have relationships now. And so I think, Christine, you're going to read off some of the the attachment cells. So there's four of them. Yes. Weird. Uh, weird. <laughs> the Makali, by the way, is hitting already. <laughs> So I'm going to read this. So basically, um, with the attachment style, as Megan mentioned, there's four types. There is anxious, there's avoidant, disorganized, and secure. Before we dive into our specific attachment styles, I'm going to share like just the general profile of each attachment style. And so anxious uh, attachment styles are Uh, People who uh, value relationships highly, but are anxious and worried that their loved ones um, are not invested uh, in the relationship in the ways that they are, and they have a strong fear of abandonment. Um, and uh, and relational safety is a priority. Um, The attention, care, and responsiveness of their partner appears to be the remedy for their anxiety. The next one is avoidant. Um, This is the dismissing avoidant type, um, which perceives themselves as lone wolves. They're strong, independent, and self-sufficient in relationships, Um, not necessarily in terms of physical contact, but rather emotionally. And these people 
um, have high self-esteem, have a positive view of themselves, um, but they also tend do not have relationships that feel complete. And they don't, and this is because they don't want to depend on others um, and have others depend on them or seek support and approval through social bonds. A disorganized attachment style is uh, someone who shows instability and is ambiguous in their social bonds. So with this attachment style, the relationship um, is often a source of both desire and fear. Uh, fearful, avoidant, disorganized people want intimacy and closeness, but at the same time um, have trouble trusting and depending on others. It's kind of similar in the ways to avoidance where um, they fear uh, trusting others. And then lastly, the secure attachment style is a person who is comfortable expressing their emotions. And um, adults with a secure attachment style can depend on partners and relationships and in turn allow their friends and family and people around them to rely on them. These relationships are based on honesty, tolerance, and emotional closeness. And secure attachment styles thrive in their relationships and also don't fear being on their own. They do not depend on responsiveness or approval from their partners or people in their lives and tend to have a positive view of themselves as well as others. So that's a quick rundown on all the attachment styles. Even in the description, you can hear, see how like the secure one, it's like they still have the independence, but they're like healthy about it or like Definitely. they lean on others, but like not too much. And like, yes. it's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that's important too, to when you're reading the secure type, because it doesn't, it doesn't just mean like, oh, the secure type is like perfect. It's actually when you're reading it, you can tell that like, they're just not one way or another, but they can kind of be in that gray area. So mm -hmm, that's a really mm -hmm. important, important thing to bring up. It almost reads as if it's like the secure one is like the one who's just like aware, self-aware of any like anxious or avoidant like tendencies, <laughs> mm -hmm. but then yeah. they're able to like work through it. And like yes. self-regulate too. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is super interesting. I said it twice <laughs> in like a minute. <laughs> Are we still playing that game where we're drinking? Mm -hmm. Yeah, honestly, we, yeah, we are. Um, and I guess that's perfect because we'll, we'll go to each other now. <laughs> Cheers. Ooh, okay. So our attachment styles. So just for some like background, um, we all took the quiz at attachment. Is it attachment style project? Attachmentproject.com. Mm -hmm. um, we all took the quiz like at the same time. And all of us were like, what? what like as our results were coming out <laughs> so but actually like christine as you were reading the description again it was mm -hmm. like making making so much more sense yeah um which is fascinating uh but <laughs> and i think like one thing that we were talking about was that yeah. it depends on who you're talking who you're thinking about right like people will bring out different dynamics in you and your attachment styles because with the quiz it's like you talk about your mom and then your dad and then your like personal relationships and then your like romantic relationships but when it came to like your personal general relationships like who are we thinking about here right mm -hmm. yeah and i also read that like it can change over time like for a lot of people it kind of stays the same because mm -hmm. obviously these styles or this theory came from like when you're young and when you're an mm -hmm. infant, when you're a child and how you grew up and your relationship to your caregivers. So there, there, there is a higher percentage of people that kind of have the same sort of style 
throughout their lives. But I mean, every, you know, humans are not stagnant, as Christine mentioned in the last episode. <laughs> um, and so um, people change all the time. And so I think there's like a pretty, pretty large, I think I remember it being like 70, 30 or something like 30% of people change, um, and oh. can, can ev- like evolve or develop a different or better, worse, whatever attachment style, like later on in their life. So that's kind of interesting too. I can start with mine first. Um, so my attachment style is avoidant, which I was like shocked when I, because I always thought it would be more on the anxious, secure side, not just because like I also like have a lot of anxiety in general. So like I wasn't comparing it to that, but because I just have never thought of myself as avoidant. Um, I feel like I always want to like talk through things or like I, I get annoyed when people are like afraid of confrontation. So based on my limited knowledge about attachment styles, I was like, oh, I'm definitely not avoidant. The thing that was um, coming to mind, Christine, when you were reading the descriptions for um, the different styles was the kind of independence of the avoidant and like thinking very highly of yourself and all of that, which connects back to our personality test episode with like Mm -hmm. being a Enneagram one who has like high standards that, you know, that I hold other people to as well. Um, And even like being an Aquarius is like, you know, you're like super like got to be unique and like independent, all that like lone wolf stuff. So yeah, that was just, it's very, a very eye opening result. Um, And I'm, I'm actually really excited to just like dig into it a bit more, not necessarily Mm. all on this episode, but just like, you know, moving forward. I think what's really interesting when I look at your chart is that in general, uh, generally you're an avoidant dismissive type, but in other relationship dynamics, like with your partner, you're secure. And so Mm. I think that like, that's also a really interesting dynamic where generally you uh, are profiled as this, but in specific and important relationship dynamics. It's like Dane brings that side out in you mm-hmm. and you bring that side or like you've developed this secure attachment with your partner, which is yeah. like really great. Yeah. 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 And I'm yeah. like very not anxious. And that makes sense because in the quiz, you, you know, it first asks questions of like, did you feel provided for? Like, did you feel safe? And like, were like, was your caregiver always present? And all those things ring true, which is why there's low anxiety. So it's like, I don't have the anxiety that someone's going to leave me or I'm going to be abandoned. Um, But then it's more in the, was I like, did I feel like I could share everything that was on my mind? Mm -hmm. Like that's where, Mm -hmm. you know, the avoidance stuff comes in. Yeah. Yeah, Which is like telling to like all of us. I think that, well, Megan, I think that it's the like relationship <laughs> dynamics that you have with your parents are is like kind of unconventional because yeah. like traditionally, especially in, in Korean like, American Korean families, American. like we don't, mm-hmm. yeah, yes. we don't talk about our feelings with our, our parents. But I think that like when we look at the, the ways that like Christine and I have fallen into both dismissing attachment where the avoidance <laughs> is high, but the anxiety is low. It's like, yeah. I'm sure that if, they profiled um, ethnicities. <laughs> like, yeah, I, you could I probably feel like, that's like a common be... theme. Yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> this would be really cool. Like, because I think we might have a lot of uh, like Asian American listeners. So I'm very, very curious to yeah. see if that, that theory rings true. Yes, yeah. take the quiz at attachmentproject.com. Let us know. 
take a screenshot, you get send like a little graph. <laughs> yeah, you get a little chart. So send us a screenshot <laughs> in our DMs. So for me, like in, it makes sense, like with my, the way that I was raised with my mom and my dad, I knew that they weren't going to abandon me. They provided like physical needs, but uh, when it came to relying on them emotionally or their availability to allow me to express myself emotionally and like receiving that from them, that was like so absent in the ways that I grew up. So when I look at like my mom and dad's relationship or my relationship with my mom and my dad, I fall in the dismissive uh, attachment. Um, What's really crazy is that for me, as a whole, generally, I have a secure attachment style, which I was surprised about because the last time I took this test was when I was going through couples counseling with my ex and I was an avoidant. <laughs> mm. But then what's really great about this quiz is that you can, it like parses out uh, your dynamics in as a whole. It's like a, a big general view of who you are in all relationship types. And I do think that like, I, what was surprising to me, it was surprising to me that I was secure because I didn't see myself that way. I was, yeah, avoidant, right? Um, But then in my friendships and in general, I I know that I can recognize people that I have secure attachment styles with. I generally open up, I'm trusting, and um, I think that I have really great friends around me. I'm able to carry on with my day without having to worry what my friends think about me. When it comes to romantic relationships, uh, I fell in the disorganized attachment, which is crazy. But then when I read through it, I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Like I'm not um, able to easily open up with my emotions for the fear of being like rejected or um, abandoned. And so I think that like a lot of my previous or like the ways that I was raised manifests into my romantic relationships as well. So I think like the awareness that's drawn out of this to regulate that or to correct or communicate the needs that I have in a relationship and be transparent about mm-hmm. um, how I carry myself for certain behaviors and how I'm trying to grow into a secure attachment is something that I would love to work on. But yeah, I can't believe that after all this time, I thought I was avoidant. I'm actually secure, which is like a silver I know. Lining. I feel like we yeah. regularly reference like you being avoidant in conversation. Uh-huh. It's like you're like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to do that thing. It's like, oh, you're just you're being. It's your avoidant, you know, attachment style coming through yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's like yeah. it's actually not. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of other things. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's because of that one. It's because of that one statement about how how for avoidant. It's like you want to disconnect from like negative emotions, which I feel Mm -hmm. like is still true. Like I think Christine leans more like positive or like you appreciate the positivity or like you see the positive in things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's like that part, but yeah, I mean, I I guess, I guess like earlier. Yeah. The disorganized style is (laughs) trying so hard not to say interesting, Uh, but I just like, (laughs) I, I hear, yeah, I hear like an- anxious and avoidant much more often. And then so disorganized, it was uh-huh. like, oh, like that must be so difficult because it's, Christine, as you were saying, it's like you're yeah. not able to open up, which is the avoidant side, but it's because you're like afraid of like X, Y, and Z, which is the anxious side. And it's just this like tug of war, um, which yeah. is so difficult to like work through, you know? Just reading this 
disorganized attachment style, it's like you're confronted with a lot of the behaviors that you've exhibited in previous relationships or with like romantic partners. And so I'm like, that makes so much sense as to why mm. I'm projecting my like childhood conditions into my uh, like adult relationships, right? And mm. so um, there's like a lot of things that I'm learning about myself and the ways that like I have to uh, like the things that I am looking for in a partner, as well as like the things that I should uh, kind of grow from, I guess. But yeah, it's like, it's really uncomfortable reading it, then mm -hmm. you also have that awareness so that you can, you can take steps to make these changes in, in your romantic relationships, at least on that, yeah. that end. And then like, mm -hmm. when I think about my partners, like, or not my partners, when I think about my parents, like, is it going to be this way forever? Like, can I ever have a secure attachment with my parents? And so it's like working on that too. Um, and I, I hope that like by the end of the road that we reach with our parents, like maybe that avoidance number will go down and it'll be mm. a secure Aww. dynamic too. Yeah. Oh, I didn't Seems really positive think about thinking that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't really think about it that way. In my head, I was like, ah, it's already fucked. Like, well, the parents <laughs> on her side. <laughs> It's not over. <laughs> it's like we're we're halfway through. <laughs> There's well, ways Megan's to are both it. Megan's are both secure anyway. So. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Well, this was really interesting for me because I got secure. Um, mm -hmm. I got the secure attachment style. But just as you were mentioning, Christina, earlier about when Christine was reading off all of the different styles and she was reading mm -hmm. off secure like I think just point blank if you read it everything kind of seems very positive and like oh you're really healthy and that's good but I think there are some like nuances like kind of read between the line type of things mm. where it's not that I don't think it's that like I don't have some of the qualities of the things that you both were talking about I think it's more just like I maybe for some reason well, if we're if we're using this theory, I think I can see some of those things and then maybe self-regulate. And that's because, again, using the theory, because my parents kind of gave me that space to like kind of express whatever I needed to express. And so what I found kind of interesting though is like my parents. Interesting. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> what I found fascinating was that like my it's not like my parents knew necessarily what they were doing but i do see like there were a lot of different things that came into play like all these different pieces of the puzzle that kind of actually ended up working out so like for mm. example like my parents were both like really present but also had like a year or two where they were like really busy and kind of like off doing like you know providing for the family type of a thing. And so mm -hmm. I, I was kind of able to like witness some of these things or like, for example, be more alone to like self-regulate or become independent, but then also like knew that my parents were always around. Like mm -hmm. those things didn't last, last for five, 10, 15 years where like my dad yeah. was never there, for example. Another thing that I feel like is a piece here is like me being like an only child. Mm -hmm. So me being an only child, I naturally 
like my cup was always full because there's only one cup to fill for my parents. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, I'm kind of seeing all of these things, not necessarily, maybe I should give my parents more credit, but I think it's more just like, I'm seeing, I'm (laughs) seeing a lot of, a lot of pieces. Yeah, they're really sweet. (laughs) Um, I'm seeing a lot of pieces like really came together um, in a way where like, I do see like, oh yeah, like I do feel this way or like, oh yeah. So I just feel like mm. it, it it kind of makes a little yeah. more sense there. But the other interesting part, <laughs> the other, <laughs> other thing to note, <laughs> drink, <laughs> other thing to note is that um, I think I took this test like a year or two ago. Like it's been a little bit, but I took this before and I wasn't secure then, like that wasn't the mm. the number that um, or the style that I got. I think I got, I'm I think I got avoidant dismissive mm-hmm. from what I remember. Mm. Um, and some of I feel like some of the like when I'm reading through that style, like some of it resonates for sure. I mean, all all three resonate. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, that's me. No, that's me. That's me. <laughs> So I feel like maybe in the last like year or two, as I'm like doing therapy or as I'm learning a little bit more about like my parents or my partner or myself, maybe like for some reason I was able to have a little bit more clarity um, mm-hmm. in in some of the ways that I was uh, answering. But yeah, kind of has uh, it has like attachment style come up in therapy at all, or have they asked um, about it? It has not necessarily like this theory. So yeah, it has not necessarily like naming it by theory, but some of these different uh, ways in which like I interact with people or like Mm. I interact with like, for example, people from work or like my friends Mm -hmm. or my partner, my parents. So like it's come up definitely through therapy, but not, you know, in like a direct not like go to yeah, yeah. not go yeah. take a test and like figure figure out what it mm-hmm. is but th- yeah. there's definitely like i i can definitely tell just from doing this again like there's probably some some more clarity that was brought to me um uh you know in the last year that makes a little bit more sense mm-hmm. yeah something else that i'm taking away from this is um this is well this is going to be like a privilege statement but like in my bubble it's like it was much easier to have the needs like the physical needs met like as a child but then not so much not necessarily all the emotional needs um and mm-hmm. it's like giving me a realization of just like you have to be really intentional about like making the space for your child to like share like exactly what they're feeling or like you know not be afraid to to share that or not be afraid to like have a differing opinion and that kind of thing. Um, And it's like really easy to like push that aside and be like, no, well, like I'm taking them to their, like, you know, their extracurriculars or I'm like um, driving them to like hang out with their friends and like, you know, I'm taking care of them in that way. Um, But it's like the, the communication, like keeping it open, like the emotional needs are like so much more like nuanced and you have to be like Mm -hmm. way more intentional. I feel like, Um, but again, like, I, I, I mentioned that that's privileged because like for some people it's going to be really hard to like provide for the physical needs, like for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I'm just speaking from like my own bubble here. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Cause I think the, one of the first things that I thought of wasn't necessarily like, oh, 
oh, my parents were like this or like, oh, that's interesting. This is, this was like my relationship with my mom, but actually more so like, oh, what is it going to look like if mm-hmm. I have kids and then the yeah. way that I interact with them and how, how, how in which to like influence good or bad um, yeah. them in a way and like yeah. create that space for them to like thrive or whatever or for them to have a secure attachment <laughs> yeah because like so, yeah that is actually what I thought yeah. of too because like my parents have always been like always been there for me always like supportive of like whatever I wanted to major in and like this and that and so like I always thought like oh like yeah they were and they are great right but then it's like oh there's like these other things that are much more like under the surface that mm-hmm it's it's trickier like as you're parenting yeah and also it's like what it's not it's not necessarily what happened it can also be like what didn't happen so it's yeah, not exactly, it's not exactly. like yeah and it's so it's not always like the fault necessarily it's just mm-hmm. like i mean again we can have a conversation about like generational mm-hmm. what we call generational things that that are are passed on through that way whether it be trauma or whatever else but like mm-hmm. um they only knew that or they only knew this and so that and this were passed on to you yeah. and then you then do that yeah. with your kids but then i think with us like not to toot our own horn but i think like even just being able to like sit and have these conversations like with our cohort and our group of friends and taking the time to like take this quiz and understanding how you are and what your parents are like and what you want to do with your kids like that i think is also like a huge thing too because i think a lot of people miss that right and that's Mm -hmm. how like generational trauma is is passed on through the generations and so yeah. like i think this is a really cool That's step cool. in the right yeah. direction <laughs> and like when it comes to parenting like it's also good to reflect on your own experiences as like both of you think about the ways that you were raised and like wit not <laughs> that's for the weepers (laughs) but when you were going through some like when you were going through a hard time and you wanted your parents to show up for you like what were those instances where you had to process your emotions alone and that kind of like built this like I have to be independent in processing my own uh, feelings because my parents aren't going to do that with me it's like that that can help like inform the ways that you show up for your kids in the future too Um, But it's also like, again, like as Megan, you were saying, it's like naming it, being aware of it, and then making sure that the awareness then is passed down in the future to like your kids and your grandchildren, grandchildren, grandchildren. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I, I almost feel like with our parents' generation, it's like there, there were things that they changed or improved from like the way they were raised. Like, for example, my dad, my grandpa my grandparents raised my dad and his siblings like you're all gonna be engineers and this and that and like you're just gonna work like every summer from like when you're a kid right and then so that wasn't passed down you know when I was being parented or being raised so that was just more of like an instinctual kind of change or like it's like a reaction to how they were just like a direct reaction uh but then Megan to your point like by us putting in like this kind of very conscious work, it's like going to be ex- hopefully exponentially better, like in terms of the improvement, which yeah. brings me hope. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
We're about hope on this Ooh. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Obama 2008. Hope. <laughs> that was only Icha, but why did that feel All like right. Samcha? My yeah. goodness. Wow. Let's Sign go. Cheers. Cheers. So I think like one of the other reasons I was shocked that I was avoidant or that I am avoidant is because I, I was like looking at it in the lens of my romantic relationship. And relationships, but like I've been in the same romantic relationship for like over 10 years. So it's like all been in that lens. But then when I am looking at, you know, some of the signs of someone who's avoidant, um, especially in like their romantic relationships, um, I'm like, oh, well, duh. Cause like I've like my previous boyfriends, like I was always the one to break up with them. A lot of the reasons we fought was like, me not showing like enough affection or like giving enough attention but then in my head like I feel secure about it and I feel like confident about it but then mm -hmm. I'm not giving the assurance to the other person and then when they seek it it's like too much and it's like mm -hmm. it almost like feels like it's clingy so yeah I just it's just like when I was when I'm reflecting on like my college boyfriend before Dane and then like my high school boyfriend and then just you know just other kind of not official, you know, situationships, um, as we, we talked about in a previous episode. Yeah, I've just always been avoidant. I'm like, I'm just having a realization about myself. <laughs> oh, when, when you're talking about when you're talking about your past relationships, I feel like that was me too. Like earlier I talked about how I before, maybe like a year or two ago when I took this test. And before that, I feel like I was definitely avoidant as well. Mm -hmm. And so, Christina, what you're saying about how, like, because you feel so secure in yourself, you're not showing as much emotion because you don't need to be like, for example, too lovey-dovey or too expressive because you're, I'm using the cup analogy again, but because like your cup has already been filled by like mm -hmm. your mom and your dad. And so yeah. like, there's no need for that. On top of that, I also feel like in my general or like my close friend relationships, um, I thought even now though, like even what, when I was taking the test, I thought that I was more on the avoidant um, side of the spectrum because like there are questions about like, oh, if you, if like there's something going on, like do you call your friends or like do you talk to like your circle around you about like different things? And I feel like, no, not really. Like I don't really call mm -hmm. up, you know, Christina or Christine to say like, oh, hey, I'm going through this thing. Um, not because of anything other than the fact that like I don't want to burden you all like everyone's busy and this and that, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. But so I always definitely thought I was the avoidant, mm -hmm. but it's very, it's very, very intriguing. <laughs> intriguing. Yeah. <laughs> Are we going to let that one slide? <laughs> yeah. It's a synonym. Okay. How do you think that you move from when you like reflect mm -hmm. on your avoidant mm -hmm. style to your secure attachments how do you think that, like, you weren't aware that you were an avoidant type back then, but maybe if you were, you were, you would be willing to work on it with whoever you were dating at the time, but you're not with those relationships. You're not in those relationships anymore. 
how do you think you have been able to adjust into, or not adjust, how do you think you've been able to grow into secure attachments in your like romantic relationships now? It's It could be framed differently for you too, Megan, because yeah, yours yeah. is more like for like general oh, i see i yeah. see i see oh. yeah well well I'll, I'll answer and this is like maybe an obvious one but it's like you know how people t- what's the saying like you have to love yourself to love others or something like mm. that i feel mm-hmm. like you can you can interchange love to to with like understand right like mm-hmm. i think you kind of have to like really understand yourself to then understand yeah. others so the more Again, like the more work you do or like the more, yeah, the more work you do to try and understand like your triggers or like your reactions to things or like the way in which you like do life apart from like apart from friends or partners or anything, just like how you like if you have a reaction to something like stepping back and be like, why the fuck, like, why did I have that reaction? Or like constantly asking yourself, like why you're doing the things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. I feel like that bleeds into like your other relationships and then you end up moving into the more like secure, Mm -hmm. less anxious, less avoidant quadrant, essentially. That's like the self-regulation you were talking about, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And I think just like framing it in the way of like how the other person was brought up and it, it, it like all then comes back to like attachment styles without naming it. But it's like, yeah. oh, this person grew up like in this kind of environment. So that's why that thing triggers them, but it doesn't trigger me. Um, one thing I'm very like, I really want to know is and I'm sure we could find it if we Google it. But like, I kind of feel like maybe this is just my own lens and like my bias. I feel like my previous relationships have been with people with anxious attachment styles Whereas mm-hmm. I had an avoidant, but I don't know if that's just because as an avoidant, like person, a, a person with an avoidant attachment style, are you just more sensitive to any anxious tendencies that like the other person may have? Um, mm. And so, but I, yeah, I don't know if like, I just happened to date people who were anxious in their attachment styles or like maybe they weren't, but like, I was just really sensitive to, to those aspects. Um and then I'd be curious, like, what is it like if, like, two pe- two anxious people, like, people, mm-hmm. um, you know, are in a relationship or, like, two avoidance? Like, I really want to know and, like, see the the combinations. Yeah. There's okay, a book for that. Let's welcome. <laughs> okay, let's welcome, welcome our expert. Christina's ex number one. <laughs> Behind door number one. I thought you were going to talk about, like, an expert or something, but, yeah. Me too, me talk. too. <laughs> Yeah. No, just just X. <laughs> no expert. Just just X. X. <laughs> I think that like if you're hearing about attachment styles for the first time and you're like recognizing that there are like some of these patterns going on between like you and your personal relationships, there's like the quiz that you can take. But I also like got or I was also referred to this book called Attachments, the Attachment Theory Workbook. Um, Mm -hmm. and that has like a bunch of questionnaires between you and your partner. Um, and it also has those dynamics of like anxious and anxious, anxious and avoidant, secure and blah, 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 blah. So all the combinations and gives you tips on how to work through the attachment styles so that you can get your self and also your partner into a secure relationship dynamic. So if you're interested in that, that's a resource that you can look into, (laughs) but I think that it takes a lot of self-awareness first to like even 
like understand that this could be like to dig into why or wanting to dig into why this is important. And like when I was doing this, when I was going through all of this, um, I asked like, why is an understanding of attachment theory important? And you can, and I think it's important because um, why are feelings important in the first place? Like, why is it good to have like an acknowledgement of your feelings? Um, And what I understood is that like, if you suppress your feelings, it will come out in some Mm -hmm. other like unintended or Mm -hmm. undesired way in other relationships that you have. And um, you won't be able to have that like full, like, what is it? Full, I guess, what's like the word where it's like a fruitful relationship or like a fulfilling dynamic with the people Mm -hmm. in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you don't have that, or if you don't seek that, that's like one thing. But if you do want to have like a fulfilling um, close relationship with the people around you, like you have to dig into these things to have an awareness of um, your own feelings and to also build that trust with whoever is in your life. Um, Because otherwise, like, what's the point? What's the point of having these like shallow relationships when like the relationship could actually be beautiful? Mm. Wow, wow! (laughs) You know what I was speaking of (laughs) experts. What? What? No, I was just, I was just having (laughs) what Christine said was so beautiful. But then, like, what was going through my mind? Was Christine was like, if you just like hold it in, then it's gonna come out some other way. And I was just thinking about like, if you like need to fart and you just hold it in, it's like your stomach's just gonna hurt, or like, or like you're gonna be constipated, and like it's just gonna be really uncomfortable. Yeah, which is like a great analogy. Like you have to acknowledge that, like you have to fart and you have these needs, and if you hold it in, it's gonna give you a tummy ache, or it's gonna come out as Mm -hmm. a burp, and it's gonna be embarrassing. (laughs) Oh, that'll be really disgusting. That's like, that's really gross. So let it out. Let it out. Let it (laughs) out. Let it go. (laughs) When I like read through the other page that I, the link that I sent, it's like signs of disorganized attachment. She's chaotic, unpredictable, intense, has relationship, uh, intense relationship patterns, extreme fear of rejection, coupled with difficulty connecting to and trusting others. Extreme need for closeness coupled with tendency to avoid closeness and push others away. So it's like you have chaos. need for closeness, but then you like push away the closeness. Don't want it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, um, fear of caregivers or partners, deep-rooted shame, depression or anxiety, feeling unlovable, inadequate, and unworthy. So I have a lot of things to – I mean, I can't – I don't think that it's – I think it's a spectrum. <laughs> and for yeah, sure. I think like I index towards this, but it's not – this intense like yeah mm-hmm. i just see these behaviors some of these behaviors exhibited to some degree but it's right. not like pure chaos it's just internal like just wars that i have and remember it's not just like you and how you think of some whatever it's like the answer came from the way you were brought up by your mom mm-hmm. or your dad or the way that you were feeling the feelings towards mom or dad then created a certain answer on this quiz it so like i think not not taking all of those like this person tends to have like and this list of 10 to be like oh shit i have like 10 things to work on it's more just like some of some of the things it's like it's kind of in result of something that you don't really have control over kind of a thing and to your point like you don't have all 10 of those things it's just on a spectrum 
of, of, yeah. of ways yeah. in which it shows up. And I was thinking, like, am I doomed? <laughs> like, am I <laughs> no. doomed because I have uh, this attachment style? But I don't think that's, like, the case. I think that it's just, like, the person who could potentially, like, draw this out even more from me. Yeah. And also, like, going through therapy or acknowledging it in the first place and then working through it and then mm-hmm. self-regulation to mm-hmm. build, like, a healthy dynamic and practicing that with whoever is in my life. So... I think like it's also having grace on myself to say that I'm not perfect, but communicating that and that I am working on this. And hopefully it's like something that is, there is faith that things will change and that you can get to a place where you do have a secure, healthy, loving, happy relationship with that person. That's my reflection. One more step would then be then doing all that self-regulation um, and self-healing or whatever awareness yeah. and then passing that then on to mm. your offspring. And then mm-hmm. Hopefully that, that, that cycle then begins this thing of just some secure ass individuals like doing yeah. life. Yeah. Forever. I think the moral of the story is you're not perfect, uh, but it's not your fault. Um, mm-hmm. Don't hold your farts in. And, you know, then you hopefully won't fuck up your kids. <laughs> Perfect. Wow. I, I want that to be on merch. merch. <laughs> and talk to your parents about your feelings, especially yeah. if you're Asian American. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because maybe it's like, you know, Megan, you were saying sometimes it's just what wasn't done. And it's like, maybe your parents just didn't think about that. But if you are the one who like brings it to the table, they very well may be receptive to it and then that creates a healthy bond so yes i mean easier said than done but yeah in theory sounds right yeah that's a this is a lot of i feel like so naked emotionally through this attachment (laughs) uh, project on the internet this is emotional two listeners (laughs) (laughs) emotional poor farting farting it all out another one (laughs) (laughs) another one in the books all right cheers cheers nice chatting this was nice love you guys oh i finished i'm just glad i have secure attachments with you guys yeah that's a good feeling (laughs) sancha podcast everywhere on the internet come find us yes love you honestly send (laughs) us an email like set you know send us a photo send us your attachment style results yes Please, we don't want to be the only three to like be naked, (laughs) expose ourselves. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, send us your attachment style nudes. (laughs) Do you think we can put our attachment styles on OnlyFans? Like this is a new category. (laughs) (laughs) Our attachment styles, our enneagrams, our like everything. Because that's like a next level intimacy, right? Yeah, if we can make money off of it, I'm down. (laughs) Emotional intimacy. Bye. 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 Bye.